Almighty God, Almighty Father, you are the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and it is in him that I come to you, a sinner in desperate need of your grace. I thank you for what you have accomplished through your glory in him. Clouds and thick darkness are all around you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Fire goes before you and burns up your adversaries all around. Your lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before you, Lord, before the Lord of all the earth, the Lord reigns. Once again, Lord, once again, uh, I, I just ask you that you ease my heart, control my mind, and let me speak clearly and effectively uh, because there's a lot that I could say about um, what we're going to be discussing, but I just ask that you just clearly just uh, um, let me speak clearly. Um, when I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O oh Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, and there's so, so many, so, so many cares of my heart, your consolations cheer my soul. I ask that by the spirit that you, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my rock and my redeemer. And it's by the spirit and through the son we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so if you have your Bible, I would like for you uh, to open up to um, Matthew, uh, Matthew 15. We're going to be focusing on uh, Matthew 15, verses uh, 10 to 20. 10 to 20 today, Matthew 15, verse 10 to 20. Um, and uh, as, you, as you all are, are uh, headed there, um, uh, the name of the title of this, you probably see it up there, um, is called uh, The Twisted and Undefiled, Soon-to-Be-Uprooted Blind Leaders Will Always Follow Their Hearts. So again, The Twisted and Undefiled, no, twisted and defiled, soon to be uprooted leaders, blind leaders will always follow their hearts. All right. Um, and so, again, uh, we're taking that from Matthew 15. And so that's going to be, so th 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 those, uh, what's in my title is actually going to be what I'm going to be focusing on uh, here. So, um, but in Matthew, Matthew is very interesting. You have Matthew, it's the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, there's 28 chapters in it. You know, uh, the first chapter starts with the genealogy. Some people call it the, the um, uh, not the beatitudes, but the be, begotitudes because they start off with the genealogy. You know, started from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And you have three sections. And in those three sections, you have uh, three sets of 14 generations um, and all that, you know. And it's cool because in Jesus' genealogy, you have Gentiles that are in there. So you think about Rahab. You think about Ruth. You think, think, think about um, uh, um uh, there's a few, few other ones, but those are the two that come, come to my head. You have Gentiles in there. So the point of the gospel of Mark is to show, like, how this Jewish Messiah became the Messiah for the whole world, for the, for the Gentiles. So that when you get to Matthew 28, uh, you see that, like, the Great Commission sent them out to the whole world, you know, uh, and preaching the gospel, teaching them all the things that I observed. And, lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that, that like, that, that's, that's the whole general thing right there. But then also in Matthew, what's happening in Matthew is that, like, you have five great sections in Matthew. So uh, Matthew uh, um, chapters 5 to 7 is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And then um, you have chapters 10 where Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples, teaching his disciples about what, what they're going to do when they go out and they speak the gospel to, to, uh, to Israel. Um, also, you have uh, Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is, is, is where we have where Jesus starts speaking in parables. And the reason why he speaks in parables is because in Matthew 12, you have it where uh, he is rejected by the religious leaders. Um, and then uh, uh, you also have Matthew 18 where Jesus is giving instruction to his disciples about how you are to deal with uh, uh, brothers and sisters who may uh, differ than you. And so he gives instructions. And then that's the second time that he uses the word church. The first time he uses it is in Matthew 16, where he talks about the church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, and then the last section, uh, the last teaching section that Jesus has is uh, Matthew 24, verse, uh, Matthew 24 to 25. Now, if you're familiar with Matthew 24, Matthew 24 shows uh, how, like Jesus says, like in the latter days, this was going to happen. And then he has a parable uh, speaking about the last days in, in Matthew 25. Uh, but where we're going to be today, like I said, is in Matthew 15. Um, and Matthew 15 is right in between that section of, like, like I said, in uh, Matthew 12, but also in um, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 18. Um, so it's, it's in that section. So, like, if you're familiar with, how, like, how it flows in the, in the gospel, 
there, there, there's mounting controversy. There's controversy after controversy go, going on and whatnot, you know. So, like, by the time we get to this, the controversy is already bubbled up. You know, the religious leaders are not feeling Jesus. They're about to throw him out. They don't want nothing to do with him and stuff, you know. And Jesus is keeping it real, letting them know, like, look, these religious leaders really aren't who they say they are and stuff, you know. So um, we're right in the middle of this, right in the, in, in the thick of, uh, of, of some of the heated, most heated arguments that you're going to find in the gospel uh, between um, Jesus and the religious leaders. Uh, so again, like I said, we're in Matthew 15. Um, and uh, before uh, I, I get there, before we get there, I would like, so, so Anne and read two, two passages earlier, uh, from one from Genesis 8, uh, um, verse 21. But I, I, I want to uh, set the stage for, for you all. Uh, so we're looking at uh, Genesis, you don't have to turn there, just, just, uh, just hear me. Look at Genesis 4, verse 23 and 24. It says, uh, Lamech, uh, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and uh, Zella, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, uh, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. So you hear how he's bragging about killing a young bull, and he's bragging from his heart. He's singing about it and stuff, you know. Um, and then uh, we go to uh, Genesis 6, verse 5. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we're starting to see that like there's evil coming from the heart. You know, uh, Lamech is being really evil and, and all that, do, doing evil things from, from the heart. Um, and also uh, in Judges, Judges chapter uh, 17, Judges chapter 17, uh, verse 16, a good way to remember where Judges is, Joshua judges Ruth. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good way to remember that, that Joshua always judges Ruth because Judges comes right after Joshua. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, so, uh, 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 Judges 17, verse, verse 1, uh, verse 6, it says uh, that, that uh, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Uh, 18, verse 1 says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Then goes on to talk about what, is, what was going on during that time. Uh, 19, verse 1, it says, uh, in those days when there was no king in Israel, a certain Le a Levite, uh, was sojourning. So again, the idea is that in those days, this was going on, and they were doing the things that were that were coming out of their heart. Um, I know that's kind of small up there, probably. Uh, and then the last verse in Judges, Judges 21, verse 25, says this. It combines all those verses that I just read. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The reason why they did what was right in their own eyes is because they did what was every intention in their thoughts and in their hearts was, was, was there. All right, cool. There's a mass more. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, uh, I just want those to be kind of in your mind as we're going through Matthew uh, 15, verses 10 to 20. Um, just, just, just keep, keep those uh, uh, passages tucked in in, 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 your, uh, in your mind. So, um, uh, and again, there's three points that I'm going to be focusing on today. The three points, the first point is the twisted and undefiled, the, the twisted and defiled, the twisted and defiled. Uh, the second point is the soon-to-be uprooted blind guides and or leaders. The blind guides and or leaders. The soon-to-be uprooted blind guides and or leaders. And the third, the last point that I want to focus on here is heart matters or the matters of the heart or the heart matters. However you want to write it down, that's cool with me and stuff, you know. Um, so, uh, so just so you have it, the twisted and the foul. Um, and then the second point is the soon-to-be uprooted blind guides and or leaders. And... Um, the last part is the heart matters. All right, so um, in Matthew uh, uh, 15, verse 10, it says, And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and, were, uh, then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard these sayings, this saying? He answered, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a pit. But Peter said, uh, said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes through the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. That is the word of the Lord to us. 
This is as if he was really speaking to us, like we were there on the mountain uh, in Exodus. This is the word to us, the inerrant, infallible, inspired, all-sufficient word for us today. All right, so, uh, so if you're familiar, like I said, with Matthew 15, uh, you will notice that we are beginning at the end of a conversation, right? So Jesus had... So he had this conversation with the Pharisees about the issue of the disciples not keeping the, the tradition of the, of, of the elders, right, uh, because they didn't wash their hands. And so that's actually earlier in this chapter. That's in verses 1 to 9. Uh, so AJ, can, 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 you, can you go to that, uh, the, the next clip? So there we go. So um, what's interesting, this whole issue of washing hands, right, um, is a very, very big issue. So uh, in the Mishnah, now the Mishnah, Mishnah Yadayim, uh, and yada means hands uh, in, in Hebrew. Yadayim is, is this whole tradition that the Jews practice from the oral traditions of, 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 the, of the elders. They also still practice it today. So if you were to look on YouTube right now, you would see that this practice of how to wash their hands that, that, that they would do. So what it says here, it says, uh, uh, am I drawing work? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Can you see it? Can I see it? No. Anyway, so all right. So uh, it says a minimum of a quarter of a log. Uh, of water must be poured over the hands for one person and even for two. A minimum of a half a log must be poured over the hands for three or four persons. A minimum of one log is sufficient for five, ten, or even a hundred persons. So rabbi, this rabbi says, as long as there is no, no less than a quarter of a log left for the last person among them, more water may be added to the second water, but more may be not added to the first. So like this is an actual like like tradition that they had here, you know what I'm saying? And so when we're talking about the oral tradition uh, and they're beefing back and forth, they're like, yo, why aren't y'all washing your hands? Pointing to this tradition right here and stuff, you know? So like, why aren't they washing their hands? And so Jesus says to them that they are, so the issue is that like we have these oral traditions, but what Jesus is going to point out is very interesting right here. So Jesus says to them that they are breaking the commandments of God because of their strict observance to these traditions to the traditions of the elders. So what you have on one side, you have the command of God, the law of God, the, the word of God, and then you have these traditions, these elders, that, 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 the traditions of the elders, which became the Mishnah that, that, that they have and stuff. You know, so these are the traditions. And so they put the traditions over the word of God and stuff. So this, y'all, is the epitome. This is a hedge. This is the epitome of what it means to be a legalist. This is legalism right here. You know, uh, in other words, uh, their tradition has become a hedge. They have become a fence. This is legal license to disobey the law of God right here. You know, so Jesus says that their tradition has made void the word of God. See, this is, again, the, the epitome of hypocrisy. This is the core of legalism, replacing or adding to God's word. That's exactly what they did by the traditions. Uh, however, we know from uh, Isaiah that the word of the Lord will never turn back void and it will accomplish, y'all. It will accomplish what it sets out to do. Think about uh, Matthew 13, right? Where like Matthew 13 uh, talks about how like the word, you, you, like you have four soils. Three of them don't, don't do well, but then you have the one that is, uh, bears uh, 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 30, 60, 100 fold. The word goes out and set, sets out what it is, uh, accomplishes to do. The word is always going to produce fruit uh, in, 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 in your life and, and all that. So like the word of God will never turn back void. So uh, we look at verses uh, 10, 10 to 11. Uh, we see after the conversation with the Pharisees, Jesus calls the people to himself. So as it says, uh, and he called the people uh, to him and said to them, hear and understand, right? Hear and understand. Um, the first thing we should notice is the fact that the Pharisees, the Pharisees left. They left the scene. So there probably was some that, that stayed behind to kind of hear what he was going to say. But those who came from Jerusalem probably were like, all right, peace out. He already uh, offended us. We're going. We're out of here and stuff, you know. Um, so, but second, also notice, right, notice that Jesus puts the Pharisees on blast, right? So he puts them on blast by answering their question. And how does he put them on blast by answering their question? Notice, he answers their question uh, by teaching the people, right? So that, that, that's, that's what he says. Uh, he says, so hear and understand. He called the people to himself. He doesn't answer their question when, when, when he's earlier with them in verses 1 to 9. Earlier, he's like, well, you all are breaking the, the, uh, the, the law of God by your traditions. But now how he answers their question about the whole washing hands thing is about like, all right, I'm going to teach the people and stuff, you know. So that, 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 that's really clever how, uh, how Jesus does it. Uh, so, um, so our Lord takes this opportunity to teach and warn people along with his disciples by saying, hear and understand, right. And we see it right here 
uh, at the end of verse 10, going into verse 11. Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. Um, uh, and he says uh, that it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a person. It is not what goes into the mouth, but it, what comes out of the mouth, this is what defiles a person. So um, think of uh, Isaiah 6 right here, y'all. Isaiah 6, right, where like Isaiah's like, yo, I'm in a land with people who, who like, like who dwell and like I dwell with unclean lips. I'm dwelling in the land with people who are unclean. And then I, my eyes have seen the Lord. Woe is me. I'm undone and stuff. You know, I thought it was kind of like I thought it was killing it. I thought it was cool. But when I see the Lord, I'm undone. Like, man, I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's pretty much what, what, what Isaiah is saying. So like, like, so that's what's happening kind of here where it's like, you know, their thinking is that, uh, well, they're not washing their hands. And so, but something deeper is happening here, and we're, and we're, we're about to see it. So um, the issue is not about hygiene. So the issue isn't about, like, well, you got dirty hands. You know, you've been out in the field. You got dirty hands. That, that's not a, the issue. The issue isn't about hygiene. This is the issue about the food and making the food unclean. So this is what they're saying right here. You could have washed your hands at home, right? But if you didn't wash it the way that this says, your hands were unclean and not that not only your hands were unclean, but you touched the food, now the food is unclean. You have made the food unclean because you didn't properly wash your hands. So, that, so that's what they're saying. So uh, if you don't wash your hands, said the Pharisees, you are sinning against God because you are ceremonially unclean. You are ritually unclean. Uh, that is why, so when you think about Mark 7, because like in, in Mark 7, Mark 7 has the same, same idea. So Mark 7, verse 19, when you get a chance to look at it, look at it later. This is why uh, uh, it tells us that Jesus declared all foods clean. He declares all foods clean. Um, Jesus also wants them to know that the tradition held by the Pharisees is an error. All right. So moving on from, 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 from that point, we see that like their tradition is an error. So now looking at the 14, uh, um, you have it where uh, after Jesus says that, the disciples came and said to him, uh, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when you were saying this? So uh, again, in Mark's gospel, Mark, Mark is the parallel uh, gospel. He tells us that after Jesus said this, they went into the house and upon entering the house, they, uh, uh, they said to Jesus that what he was saying, you know, like I said, offended the Pharisees. Uh, now we see now we see that this, this is very interesting. This is interesting because maybe some stay behind, like I said earlier, some stay behind to hear what he said, and then what he said definitely offended them. So they were like, all right, deuces, we out, peace. Um, so, so uh, but, uh, and this was like, this was like the icing on the cake for, for those who stayed behind. This definitely was the icing on the cake. They were like, all right, I kind of was with you, but then when you said that, that was not cool. We're out. <laughs> so, uh, um, so, so that was the icing on the cake because they seemed to have understood enough of what the parable said too. They understood what, what he was trying to, what he was aiming at, what he was saying here. Um, so that, that, that's, that's why they rolled out. They were, they, they, they were like, um, they were like, you can't say that about us, <laughs> you know. So uh, Jesus answered to the disciples. So Jesus' answer here to the disciples is worth taking note of. All right, y'all. So like if we look at verses um, uh, 12, verses 12, um, where Jesus, Jesus begins to answer him, he gives a twofold answer, right? So Jesus gives the answer here by using two well-known images to anyone who would have uh, who would have known their Bible. All right, so uh, he says, "Every plant that my father, my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Uh, let them alone; they are blind guides, and if they bl and if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a pit, or like some translations say, fall into a ditch." All right, so uh, this is. Oh boy, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my John's talking to me. All right. So um, so the two the two images, right? We have the one image where uh uh Jesus the first image speaks of uprooting uprooting of of plants that the heavenly Father did not plant. Now, this is this is very interesting, y'all. Uh, Israel thought of themselves as a plant, if not the only plant that God planted. Uh, and right and this is rightly so because their past the scriptures talk about it. So for example, Psalm one, blesses the man. Who doesn't do this? Doesn't do that. He 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 is a uh, uh, planet uh, by 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 the, by the rivers of water, and, and and he produces fruit. So like rightly so, they thought them thought of themselves like that. And then Isaiah sixty verse twenty one says the branch. So speaking of Israel, it says the branch of my planting, the work of my hand that I may be glorified. So again, he's talking about Israel being uh, planted by him. Uh, Romans eleven speaks of Israel as the wild olive tree. So again, like like that that's in their minds. 
Um, Isaiah 5, verse 1 to 7 speaks about how the Lord planted his beloved vineyard, and because of the nation's disobedience, he would uproot uh, that beloved vineyard. And that's also in the back of the mind of Jesus in uh, um, um, in uh, Matthew 21, where he's using that parable about uh, the vineyard and stuff. Uh, and so, again, Paul in Romans uh, 9, 6 says this, for not all are descended from Israel belong to Israel. So not all the descendants of Israel belong to Israel, right? So, that, so, so that, that's what Paul is getting at. And then in verse 7 he says, and not all children of Abraham, not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. So what he's saying is like just because you belong to Abraham, just because you are a, 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 a direct descendant doesn't mean that you actually belong to him because you don't have the faith that belongs to, that, that belongs to Abraham. Just like Paul talks about in Galatians uh, chapter 3. So, what Jesus is plainly saying here is that the Pharisees will thoroughly be uprooted for the simple fact that they don't truly belong to Israel because they are not what God has planted. That's what Jesus is plainly saying to them. They don't belong to Israel at, at all, you know. And if you know anything about the Pharisees, the, the history behind the Pharisees, that's kind of sad because, like, they're the ones that went back to, 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 to the word of the Lord. They're, they're, like, they're the ones who, like, like who, who upheld the word, you know. But, they, but what Jesus is saying here is that, like, you know, my heavenly father did not plant them. He didn't choose them, you know. He didn't elect them to be his people, you know. Uh, so this is why their teaching is false, and this is why they cannot see Jesus in the scriptures, right? So think of John 5 when, John, when, when Jesus says this. This is why they cannot honor the Son because they were not chosen by the Father to do so. They, they aren't even able or capable to honor the Son because they weren't chosen to do so. Uh, so John and Jesus have already warned the Pharisees and the Sadducees already in this gospel um, about their unwillingness to repent. So, for example, if we go to uh, Matt, Matthew uh, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 9, um, he says, John says, And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children uh, for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid at the root for the trees. Every tree that therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So Jesus is already saying this to, to, to the Pharisees that like, you know, just because you have a form of godliness, that does not mean that I will not throw you into hell. That's exactly what he says to these Pharisees. That's exactly what John says to these Pharisees. And then um, Jesus in, uh, uh, um, in Matthew 8 verses 11 to 12, check what Jesus says here. He says, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham. Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, so again, you have that whole idea that like, you know, just because they call themselves um, um, Israel, just because they call themselves who they are, just because they think they're chosen and all that, just because they think that they're, they're, they're this wild olive tree, uh, God will toss them in to the fire because they are not truly of him and he didn't choose them that's exactly what he's saying there the heavenly father and that's what he says uh in in in, in that verse he says every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up um so that's right there so um i mean i just want to ask you all just in light of that i want to ask you all uh is there an area or multiple areas in your heart in your life that must be rooted up um are you holding on to some false teaching of christ Will you make, uh, that, that, that you may have heard about him? Are you holding on to some, some besetting sin, some sin that easily entangles us in our hearts? Are you holding on to that? You know, are there any things you need to repent of? Anything you need to repent of? And I mean, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I know there's a lot of stuff in my heart that I need to repent of daily, every single day. You know, I'm a mess. I'm a walking, talking, ticking time bomb of a sinful mess. You know, um, and I just want to uh, re read this um, to you right here. Uh, um, I'm, I'm definitely in need of a savior, right? And so uh, what my man uh, ambassador has said, we all sin. You know, each, you know, we each are prone. If only humans were affected, then to each his own. But God sees it and it reaches his throne. In him there's no sin, like there's no such thing as pizza bones. The spiritual truth, we have no spiritual loot. We're bankrupt and we have bad spiritual root. Every day we grow bad spiritual fruit. We need God to hold back that spiritual boot. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying right here, y'all. And if we do real introspection, we know that we have deep sin in us still as Christians. And we need 
to repent of our sins daily, every single day. That's what it means to be a Christian, to repent daily, every single day of our sin. Um, and so I'm a wretched man, just like Romans 7 says, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this bondage of death, right? And then he says, Jesus, but thanks be to God, it's Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? Sanctification is a process, y'all. He, he is committed to delivering us from our sins. He wants to be, he, the father is so committed that he wants us to look more and more like his son every single day. You know, so the second image, the second image, uh, in verse 14, the second image is this. He says, let them alone, right? <laughs> this is funny, let them alone. Don't worry about them, let them alone. The second image is connected actually to, um, to, to verse, um, to, to, to 13, verse 29, where it says, so the whole idea of, uh, in chapter 13, verse 29, the whole idea is that like Jesus is, is uh, doing a parable of the weeds and, and, and the wheat. And then Pete, what Jesus says, he says, but he said, um, they're asking him, so all right, there's a person planting, planting weeds among the wheat. What are we to do? And so Jesus says this in verse 29, but he said, no, let's in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat, the, the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will uh, tell the reaper, gather the weeds first and bind them in the bundles to be burnt. But gather the wheat into my barns. You know, so again, like that's the whole idea to like let them alone. You know, because like they're, 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 they're going to grow together. The weeds and the weed, they're going to grow together. Let them alone. Let them false teachers alone. You know what I'm saying? They're good. They're, you know, you can point them out definitely. But let them alone. Because at the end of it all, I'm going to... Uh, uh, get them and they're going to be put into my barn. You know, some are going to be in my house and some are going to be out there burning, you know. And that's a picture of the eschatological picture that what Jesus is going to do at the end of the age. You know what I'm saying? Where you're going to have people that are going to be, who said, Lord, I did all this. I did all that for your glory. You know what I'm saying? Jesus was like, yo, I never knew you. Deuces. That's what you're going to say, you know. Deuces. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so, What's interesting here is that like the second title uh, is the title that most of the religious leaders at the time would have called themselves. This is very interesting right here, y'all. Um, uh, and the Pharisees definitely would have said this about themselves. So Jesus says, let them alone. They are blind guides. Uh, and if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a ditch. So, so the Pharisees would have used this kind of terminology as being light to blind people, you know, especially during the time of Jesus. They would call themselves guides to the blind. This is exactly what Paul says in Romans 9, uh, ver Romans 2, verse 19 to 20. Um, and speaking about the Jews who wrongly boasted in the law, right? So, so here he, 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 he says, he says that they saw themselves as guides to the blind, right? The Pharisees saw themselves as guides to the blind. Uh, and also it says, a light to those who are in darkness, instructors of the foolish, teachers of children who had the law who had in the law the embodiment of the knowledge of truth. That's exactly how the Pharisees saw themselves as. They were guides to the blind. Um, though the Pharisees had the law, though they had the oracles of God, they, however, were blind because they could not see uh, Jesus in all of his weightiness. They couldn't see him in his glory. They couldn't see him for who he truly, truly is. They couldn't see him in all the scriptures. Even though they knew the scriptures, they couldn't see him in the scriptures. Uh, they were also blinded by their traditions. So Jesus talks about this later in Matthew 23, where he's like, you know, uh, they sit on the seat of Moses. So they're telling you to do all this stuff. Because they sit on the seat of Moses, you are to listen to them. But don't, don't do what they do because uh, they don't practice what they preach. And then later on, he gives seven woes, seven woes uh, in, in, in Matthew 23. But in, 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 uh, in, in the one woe, he says, woe to you, blind guides, hypocrites, uh, you, you, like you say to do this, but you do that. Blow, he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Gives, gives them a whoa and calls them blind guides. So, so Jesus is, is pick, picking up on this too. Um, uh, and then um, Paul in Romans 9 verse 30 and the 10. So this, this is crazy. So in Romans 9, at the end of Romans 9, going into 10, the issue is this. The issue is this, y'all, is that like um, Paul in this, in this explains that the reason the Jews did not obtain the, righteous, the righteousness of God is because they did not pursue it by faith. They pursued it wrongly. And this is how they pursued it. They pursued it by works, which, which resulted in them trying to establish a righteousness of their own, right? So that's, how they, that's, that's, why, that's, that's why they were blinded. By these traditions, they tried to establish a righteousness, but it wasn't by faith. It wasn't connected to the word of God. Um, in other words, their traditions played a large part in them becoming blind and them not seeing the light of the gospel. 
So I want to ask you, have you ever or are you currently trying to work your way to earn God's righteousness? Are you doing that? I know there's plenty of times that, that, that I've done that. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, 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 like I mess up, I sin. Oh, man, like, well, I need, I need to do this so I get right with God. I need to read this so I get right with God. That doesn't make you right with God. You know what I'm saying? You know, what makes you right with God is what he did on the cross for our sins, for shedding his blood for our sins. And then what he does, he exchanges his righteousness. For, he, he takes our sin, puts it on the son, and then gives us his righteousness so that when Jesus, so that when God the Father looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. So, it's, so, so, like, like, so, so he does call us to holy living, but at the same time, when, when, when you sin, there are ways that, that, that we can come, come to him. And First John talks about it. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and all our unrighteousness and stuff. You know, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. We have him, you know. So when, whenever we do sin and whenever we're repenting of sin, even as believers, we need to take it to, 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 uh, to Jesus, you know. We need to talk to our brothers and sisters. So uh, in, in, in verses uh, 15 uh, to 16, you have Peter, um, but Peter said to him, and what's interesting, like if you read the parallel uh, in, Ma in Mark 7, the parallel, like, like it says all the disciples came to him and said this, but then in this one, in Matthew, it, it's very interesting how Matthew does it, because Matthew always has Peter speaking up for the disciples, because again, Peter is the, you know, as we know in church history, Peter is the, the, the leader. So, like, that, that, that's why Matthew has this. But, like, all the disciples ask Jesus this question. Explain to us this parable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we give the disciples a bad rap sometimes. Y'all, y'all stupid. You know what I'm saying? But on the real, I'm telling you, if I was around, I'd be asking too. Oh, Jesus. I'm acting like I knew. You know what I'm saying? But, like, can you explain that to me? And he probably would have said, um, aren't you still without understanding? He probably would have said the same thing to me, yet, you know, too. He, you know, there's plenty of times he does say it to me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, when we look at uh, verses... Um, Verses 17 um, down to 20. I want you to think of, and, and, and put this in your notes, think, think of uh, Romans 14, 14. Because Romans 14, 14 talks about the fact that like you, uh, what's unclean to the unclean is going to stay unclean. But what's clean to the clean is going to be clean. You know, so this whole idea of clean and unclean is, is, is there. And uh, connecting it with uh, later when we get to uh, verse 20. Uh, these are what defile a person. Uh, not, what, not what we eat, but what comes out of a person, you know. Um, so because the disciples did not understand the parable in verse 11, right, which was really supposed to be a commentary on the Pharisees, uh, Jesus ends up rebuking the disciples. And that's what he says, like, yo, like, um, and he says, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and then is, 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 is uh, expelled? So uh, he tells them that food that they eat is merely just food. You know what I'm saying? It's just food. You know, <laughs> that's what he says. Uh, and it goes into the mouth and then goes through the stomach and is literally expelled into the, into the uh, latrine. And that's exactly what this really means. It is expelled into the latrine, into the bathroom, into the toilet, however you want to put it. That's what it, you know, we all know. <laughs> right? So, so like, and, and so, um, so he then goes on to say that whatever comes out of a man's heart comes, whatever comes from a man's heart comes from his Whatever comes from his mouth comes from his heart. And this is what makes him unclean. So whatever comes from your mouth um, comes from your heart. And this is what makes you unclean. Uh, so Jesus said this earlier in uh, Matthew 12, verse 33 to 35. So if we, if, if, if we just see it, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how could you speak good when you are evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his heart, uh, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth uh, good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth uh, evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Every careless word. So, man, I know I got a bunch of careless words that I either say or think careless words and Jesus is going to the father is going to judge every single human being that has ever lived for every careless word they say right but thanks be to God y'all we got an advocate you know what I'm saying who stood in our place on the cross stood in our place and so when we're judged he's going to look at us and see the righteousness of Jesus you know what I'm saying you know he's going to see it on so like whenever whenever we have a careless thought he's going to see that and 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 he's going to forgive us He's already forgiven us. Um, and so, uh, so 
if I could draw your attention, so um, what I want to do, I want to I draw your attention to uh, this list that Jesus says here uh, in um, verses 18 and 19. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Right? So, um, so uh, AJ, can, can, can you go, go, go right to the next, next slide? It says, so after evil thoughts, for real, for real, if you, think, if, if you look at it and you're comparing Exodus 20, um, and it's kind of small, I know it is. So if you're comparing Exodus 20 um, to uh, Matthew 15, um, what's happening here is that, like, in Exodus 20, you have the Ten Commandments. You have the Ten Commandments, right? And uh, it says you should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not steal, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor, right? And so notice after, look, and, and I'm telling you all, like, look, look, look at uh, uh, verse 19. Um, it says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. What Jesus has in mind here, y'all, is the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, that's crazy because, like, when you think about this early conversation that he had with the Pharisees, they're asking him, like, well, why don't your uh, disciples uh, wash their hands? And he says, cool, I got one better to, uh, for you. So you're worried about the hands. Why don't y'all keep the, uh, the, uh, the commandments? Honor your father and your mother. So, like, what's banging here is that, like, from commandment number five all the way to nine, he is saying, like, yo, these are the commandments. And from the heart, we don't keep the commandments at all. You know what I'm saying? We don't keep God's commands. From the day that, from, from, from the time I woke up, I did not keep his commandments. And the truth of the matter is, if we were to have a real conversation, you would probably find out that you didn't keep the commandments either. We do not keep his commandments at all. There is one pound of flesh in every good thing that we do. One pound of flesh in every good thing we do. We don't keep his commands. That's why we need an advocate. That's why we need a, a savior. That's why, that's, that's why we need a scapegoat. We're living in a day and age now where, like, people are like, oh, man, like, why would the father do that to his son? That's abuse. We needed that, yo. You know what I'm saying? We needed him to, uh, to, to, uh, to murder his son on our behalf because he was perfect. He stood in our place. We needed that. Wrath and grace. We needed that. Um, so, um, um, so, again, we look at the Decalogue. We see that, like, from, from, uh, from, from number five down to number nine, like, Jesus is, is, is talking about that right here. So he's like, yo, so, like, from your heart comes murder. You're breaking the, Lord, the Lord's commandment. From your heart, slander. You know what I'm saying? And what's crazy about that word slander, right? Slander is blasphemy, right? Like, like it's blasphemy. So, like, you're not just slandering, uh, you're not just speaking slanderous things about other people, but you're speaking slanderous things about God, right? So when you break that one, you're breaking all of them. You know what I'm saying? So when you break one command, you break every command. We break his commands from our heart every single day. I got evil thoughts every single day, and I break them every single day, you know, um, but the Lord, he's gracious, he's merciful, he's kind, he's long-suffering, you know. And when we go to him, he truly wants us to bring all of our sins to him because they're already forgiven. Um, so uh, the commandment in those verses, again, like beginning of the fifth um, commandment. So the idea is this, is that like what Jesus is really getting at here is that true religion True holiness, true godliness, true righteousness, true biblical Christianity deals with the inside and the outside, y'all. It deals with the inside and the outside. See, these Pharisees were all about the outside, you know what I'm saying? You know, so that's why in Mark it talks about like, you know, well, uh, they clean cups, they clean all kinds of stuff and whatnot. They clean the outside and everything, you know. But then that's why Jesus said you whitewash uh, <laughs> tombs and stuff because like, you know, you got these dead bones inside, but you clean the uh, tombs on the outside and stuff, you know. So that's, that, that's why Jesus says it. And, He's like, yo, if you're worried about the external, do something about the internal too, you know. Um, and so it's not just about the, uh, the in, not just about the outside, but the inside also. It's not just about the, inter the external, but the internal. And as R.C. Sproul has said, uh, it's about the letter and the spirit, all right. It's about the letter and the spirit, about keeping God's word and loving it and doing it, you know. Um, and I, we all need help. I need help with that too, you know what I'm saying. We all need help, you know. Um, and so, like, I want to pursue this wholeheartedly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to personally do this for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I want to so bad. And there's days I do great. You know what I'm saying? There's days I'm on the top. Like, oh, man, I'm loving it. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then there's days like, uh, like kind of like the song you were saying, Monday morning comes, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so, but legalism is not striving to keep the commandments. Because, like, there, there's an idea out there, like, well, if I keep the, if I keep the commandment, you know, then I'm being a legalist. No, that's not it. Legalism is uh, striving to add to and replacing God's word 
and making what you want it to be and stuff. So, like, for example, uh, um, I'm adding to, like, like how I can add to God's word is like, well, uh, I don't eat Skittles on Friday and neither should you and stuff, you know. Um, is that in God's word? Not at all and stuff, you know. So uh, you're being a legalist at, the, at, at that point. You're, 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 you're making your righteousness to be, well, this is what makes me right with God. I don't eat Skittles on Friday, you know what I'm saying? I don't like anybody who do, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so, like, but... This is what it is. Like, this, this, like, like when, when we're going against God's revealed will, and his revealed will is the 66 books, you know what I'm saying? We're going against his revealed will, then um, we are uh, being legalists when we're going against his word. All right? So, I want to bring to your attention verses 17 and 20. Jesus says to the disciples that whatever a person eats is not made unclean because they don't wash their hands, y'all. All right? He says defilement is from within. And if we truly, truly know ourselves, we know that we got all this defilement, sexual immorality, all that stuff in there. You know, murders, theft, all that. We know we got it. You know, um, so the food that goes through our bodies gets expelled, right? So, so, so uh, this is a picture of our righteousness apart from God. You know, our righteousness is what we find in the latrine. So I used to be a custodian, you know what I'm saying? I used to work uh, a night shift, you know, the graveyard shift. I used to work that, you know. Um, and it was one night, you know, uh, it was it was it was a uh, it was a um, a Sunday when we were coming back from, from from the weekend, and I came in, and one of my um one of my coworkers was like, "Yeah, they 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 left some surprises in there for you," and I knew exactly what he meant, you know what I'm saying? So I went to the bathroom, find the toilet, and I'm like, "Oh, this is terrible. I hate this job. This job sucks. Lord, you gotta help me." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't even like this job. <laughs> so like um so, but then like I don't know what it was. Like the Lord kind of put it on my mind, put this passage on my mind. Like yo, like uh, but like that's your heart, and I'm cleaning your heart up. Any goodness that you do is that toilet. Whatever's in that toilet, you clean it. That's your goodness. You know what I'm saying? Again, there is one pound of flesh in every good thing we do. You know what I'm saying? And and like the Lord, like he 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 does that. He lets us know that like you know your righteousness is only as good as that stuff you find in the toilet. I'm just keeping it real. Um, and uh, but I know two men who say it better than I than I do. Um, so Isaiah says we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteousness all righteous deeds are like polluted garments all our righteousness is filthy rags you know we all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away he says righteousness he says our righteousness is literally dirty menstrual pads all right and i'm sorry for 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 the, for the uh you know but that, that that's what he says he says it's unclean it's dirty it's like that and stuff, you know. And then um, what happens, uh, uh, and I know this is too much, ah, but like if you get a chance, go home, read Leviticus 15 verses 19 to 30. Because like that whole idea of like the whole unclean and like what, what, what women need to do as far as the whole menstrual impurity, like that's what he's pointing to right there and stuff, you know. Uh, any good thing that we have done is just as dirty and filthy like that. So Paul says also in, in Philippians 3, uh, and please read Philippians 3, but um uh, he talks about like, you know, his goodness, right? And he says it like, it's rubbish, it's dung, right? You know, that word in, in, in Greek is skubala. And, and, and uh, it means, um, it's literally dung refuge, uh, human or, or animal waste, you know? And Paul is saying all of all the, the things, all those good things that I did before Christ, all the good things I did before Christ are dung. Anything that I do outside of Christ, even in Christ, is not good. It's skubala. It's in the latrine, you know? Um, Paul saying all those things that he did was, 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 was filthy. So I want to ask you, do you have that kind of faith in Jesus? Do you have that kind of faith in Jesus? That anything I did before him is nil, is nilch, you know? Anything I'm doing in him now is only by, is, is only by his power, you know? Do you have that kind of faith? Are you depending on your goodness? Are we depending on our goodness, y'all? Like, really, like, I would like for you to do some introspection like this week, today, whenever. Are we depending on our goodness, you know, as, as a small church? Like, are we depending on our goodness to do whatever we, 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 we can in, in, in this community? You know what I'm saying? Like, like are we really doing that? Um, do you know that the best works you ever have done, the best works you ever will do in the eyes of God are scubala? You know, the Holy Spirit through the inspired word is telling us that we need to reckon all of our good deeds outside of Christ, all of our ways to add to or take away from God's word, we need to reckon them as sin. Um, uh, also, when, 
like, so for example, when, when, like when you go through Matthew 15, what's interesting here too is that like when we think about unclean and clean, defiled and undefiled, um, think about what, what, what Jesus does even after this. So for example, when you're looking at verses 21 to 28, like Jesus goes to a Canaanite woman. That's an unclean woman, right? You know, and he, like he has a situation with her, he heals her daughter, right? Jesus then goes after that and heals many people uh, of their diseases. And they're Gentiles. They're unclean people, you know. And then even after that, he does another feeding of 4,000. And these 4,000 are Gentiles. They are unclean, you know. So, like, when we do ministry, we do ministry in Norristown. We need to think about, like, yo, there's going to be a lot of, quote, unquote, unclean people that, that, uh, that we come in contact with, you know. Like, and so we need to come with the uh, mindset of Christ uh, and especially how, like, how he did it, you know, and dealing with the people in, in, in our neighborhood, in our community and stuff. You know, a lot of people see Norristown, especially Montgomery County, they see this as like the dumping ground of putting whoever they want to in this area and stuff. You know, so in light of that, we need to be the people, we need to be the people that are different um, and treating these people differently and stuff, you know. Um, uh, and when it comes to the issues of the heart, the world has it all wrong, yet they think they have it all figured out. They swear they got it figured out. They ask the wrong questions because they are only dealing with the symptoms and not the core issue. They're not dealing with the sin. They are seeing the fruit and not the root of any given issue at all. So whether it's racism, whether it's uh, uh, homosexuality, whether it's whatever, they're only seeing the fruit and not the root. It's sin embedded in our hearts, you know. Uh, so they're shocked when someone shoots up a mall in the suburbs. They're shocked when all, with, with all this gun violence. We need to do something about it. Well, yeah, we do need to do something about it. But if you take the guns away, guess what? People are still going to be murking people. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like again, when we looked at earlier, like, Lamech was, was, was boasting about, like, yo, I killed the young boy and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it, like it's in us. Sin's in us. It doesn't matter what we use. The church is shocked when big-name pastors, celebrities walk away from the faith. They're shocked and confused when it comes to sexuality. The world and parts of the church are confused. You can't even buy a bag of Oreos. You can't even buy a Barbie doll nowadays without your morals being sabotaged. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't do it. Today, they're like, you know, well, uh, yo, I'm, I'm celebrating the fact that, like, you can call me my, by, by my pronouns and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't call me he or she. Call me the or they. There. The world is confused. You know what I'm saying? The world says it's cool. The world says it's cool. Um, but, yo, like, and we think about our own sinfulness, right? Our own sinfulness. <sighs> we think about our own sinfulness, y'all. Like, um, like, do we just say it's okay? Do we say it's just okay when we sin? Like, aren't we just tired of the norm? <laughs> yo, I'm tired of the norm, y'all. I'm tired of norming myself. Don't we want to see a revival? Like, don't we really want to see a true revival, true biblical revival happen in Norristown? Don't we want to really see one? Wouldn't it be crazy, right? Like, if we were living in these last days, right, we were truly living in the last days. And the Lord, if he tarries, would allow us to see a great revival happen here. Wouldn't that be banging if he would allow us to see it? Let, 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 us, let, let, us, let us, like, man, like, that would be banging if, if, if we would be part of that. Um... People say keep your heart with all diligence, and they use it all wrong. They use it, well, like, all right, if, if uh, well, you should keep your heart with all diligence. If you're dating your boyfriend and you know that you're sleeping with him and stuff, you know, you probably should keep your heart with all diligence. You know, uh, or if, if you're sleeping with a girl, maybe you should keep your heart with all diligence. Now, maybe that's what that's pointing to. But I think what it's pointing to is what we're talking about here uh, in Matthew 15. Keeping your heart with all diligence means that, like, yo, you got some issues in your heart. Because without of it flow the issues of life. We got issues in our heart. Keeping our heart with all diligence is keeping his word by gathering together and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if we want to see this true revival, it really starts within us first. It doesn't start with somebody posting up some, uh, some sign saying there's a revival happening on Friday. You know what I'm saying? You know? It don't happen by uh, uh, so, so, somebody announcing, like, yo, there's going to be a revival. It happens by God, the Holy Spirit, truly doing work in our heart to make us want him more. Want him more than more, more than a video game. Want him more than uh, uh, um, smoking. Want him more than drinking. Want him more than um, doing, doing whatever, watching TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, want him more than just chilling. You know, like God wants us to want him more. Don't you miss having hours of studying the Bible? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like, like don't you want to get in him? Don't you want to get in his word? 
He wants us to want him like that. Aren't you tired, y'all? Aren't you tired of just like the humdrum, the nonchalant, like meh, the apathetic kind of life that's going on, the, no the nonsense that happens in life? Aren't y'all tired of that? Do you desire hours of just being in this presence? Like I said, like, like when was the last time you spent hours in the Bible? Like just hours and forgot what time it was. Do you desire to see those sins that, are, that easily tangle us in our hearts? Don't you desire to see those sins be ripped out from the root? I desire to see that in me. I'm tired of dealing with the same sins over, like over and over again. I'm tired of it, you know. I'm tired of thinking that like, oh, man, like, yeah, I, I beat this sin. And then the sin keeps coming and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know, and when it does come, what, what, like, like, what, what, what do I do in, in, in light of that? Do I go to my brothers or, or, or do I try to hide it and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, like these, these are just my thoughts from, from, from the text. Um, and uh, I just want to wrap up. So, um, but if you don't know the gospel, the gospel is this, is that like, um, That he placed all of our sins, this is the core of the gospel, y'all. He placed all of our sins on Jesus. And he treated Jesus as if he did every single one of our sins. And he crushed him and he killed his son, you know. But then he rose again because he was vindicated. He was the vindicated son of God, you know. And the gospel isn't just for our, our sins being forgiven. Isn't just for us being like, like, like the guilt being removed. We still have a corruption going on in here. In our hearts. The gospel is for us who are believers too. So whether you are a believer or unbeliever in here, the gospel is for each and every single one of us. I would encourage you, yo. I would encourage you, if you don't know the Lord, talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Talk to somebody in here today. If you do know the Lord, talk to somebody about what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? Sisters, talk to each other. Brothers, let's talk to each other. Let's be, like, like, like seriously, let's be serious about this. You know what I'm saying? You know, because the day is evil. We see it all the time on the news, you know, people doing whatever they want to do. And then the church is doing what, what, like, 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 like whatever. I'm, you know, I'm long-winded about it. We could talk about it later, <laughs> but like, Father, just thank you for your word. Just ask that you just, um, whatever was said, just pray that like it, 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 it lands on soft hearts and that it bears fruit, you know, and so that we could truly live out this word, you know. Um, and truly be, be, be people that are looking forward to the day and looking forward to uh, just, be, just being made new. Help us to desire to be one to be made new, you know. Help us to desire to want to go out, go out in our streets here in Norristown, tell people about this good news, you know, uh, because, yo, people are dying by the droves in our jobs, whatever. Like, let people see something different about us, you know. And, and, and let, let a revival truly start from in us, in our hearts, by rooting out sin, you know, the sins that easily tangle us up, you know. And it's different for others. One sin, one may not struggle with. One, a person may struggle with. Help us because we need your help. And it's by the Spirit and through the Son, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.